We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. Welcome to Transformative Principal. I am excited to have Derek Rodenizer on the podcast today. He is a principal out in Ottawa, Canada and principal to bilingual school. And I'm excited to talk with him about his office as a learning space. So what we're going to talk about is, is how he has developed and designed his office to be more of a learning space for his students. I really want to say thank you to those of you who are listening. This podcast is something that I just love doing, and it helps me immensely, and I hope that it helps you. And I'm just really grateful for you listening and uh, and being part of this. If you'd uh, give a shout out on Twitter or leave a review in the iTunes store, that would mean a lot. And uh, just thank you so much for being a part of the Transformative Principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am super excited to have Derek Rodenizer on the podcast today. He is a principal in Canada, and I love my Canadian friends, so I'm really excited to be talking to him. Derek, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast, and welcome to Transformative Principle. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm pretty excited. It's snowing here. We've got five centimeters on the ground. Yowzas. Well, <laughs> it uh, it is not snowing here in Kodiak. It is raining and wet, which is how it usually is. So that's all right. 
we're good with that. Derek, you also have your own podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, your podcast and and share that with the listeners first? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got a podcast that I started out uh, just last spring. Pretty excited about it. It's going really well. It's called, we're calling it Edgy Thoughts. And just recently, actually, I've kind of branched out into two different pieces. So um, the Edgy Thoughts format is we get educators together and just talk and, and go through sort of the philosophies of education. And, and it's just a, kind of like a coffee time chat with, uh, with educators. And then now I'm also trying another sort under the same umbrella. I'm calling it Edgy Slams. And that's taking one idea, tool, or, or concept and just sort of taking five minutes and really trying to break that down. And a bit more of like a, like a journey through my, my teaching journey, right? Like my reflection. I don't reflect well on paper, so I'm reflecting audioly instead. Cool. That sounds like a good way to go. I uh, used to blog and struggled a ton with it and still have a blog, but just don't post there as much. And doing a podcast is a much better way for me to do it because I like to talk and like to ask people questions. So this is a good format for me too. Yeah, that's how my podcast came around too, is I like I get the idea of blogging. I understand it. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, and it's a, it sounds like a lovely way to reflect. And I, and I you know, I bought DerekRodenizer.ca and I tried to put a bunch of stuff in it. I just, it was painful for me, the format. And so I tried to take a page out of, you know, what we do as teachers and, and differentiate it for myself. And so, well, why can't I do that without writing? And then that's where the podcast came from. Yeah, very cool. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you uh, on this podcast today is about your, your recent edu slam that you did, which was about your principal's office as a learning space. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that idea? Yeah, absolutely. So sort of one of the hot topics in education right now is this idea of not having classrooms, right? Having learning spaces and that we can create these spaces to support students and I think there's even a book called A Third Teacher, right? I guess if mm-hmm. the, there's a teacher and then there's a, the t- students teaching each other and then there's that classroom providing that support and being that third teacher. And so I was wondering about that and thinking about my office. And like one of the things that I've always tried to do as a principal and as a vice principal is get out of my office, right? Try to make sure that I'm in the classrooms and in the halls and just be a part of what's going on around me. But then I kind of realized that I was neglecting my space itself and wasn't sort of giving that space, the time that it deserved. And while, of course, we can agree that the main learning space is going to be the classroom, there's lots of learning spaces in the school, right? You're going to learn in the library, you're going to learn in the hallways, and we spend time on those things, right? We, we put bulletin boards in the hallways, and we do we create our libraries in different ways so that they're more interactive, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the big learning places, I think, is in the principal's office, and whether that be you know, a constructive, difficult conversation that a student has to have with principal or vice principal, or whether that be, you know, a hooray conversation, congratulations, you did this so well, or whatever it may be, there's lots of things happening in the principal's office, but we're not necessarily giving it that same sort of attention. So I was trying to look at my office as a learning space and what I can do to support that. So that's been my sort of battle this year. I've been, I'm in a new position. I'm at a new school. I'm in a new, I'm in a new space. So the thing, do you want to talk about things that I've done in it to try to do that? Yeah. Well, before we get there though, I want to talk about like why thinking of the principal's office as a learning space actually matters. Because I think that taking that approach of this is a place for people to come in and learn is really powerful. And I don't think that that is what we see it as. And so I'm going to ask you about the things you do, but also like push our listeners to, to think about what kinds of things they're doing 
and how they can reframe that thought. So why does it matter that it's a learning space and not just another office? Like how does that change things when you're interacting with people and they come in and you describe it as a learning space? Right. Well, I mean, one thing, like um, I was a VP for six years and, and the joke at cocktail parties is everyone hates the VP, right? Because the VP tends to be the the disciplinary arm, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. (laughs) But it, it is real. So what happens is there's a problem in a classroom and let's say it gets to the point where the teacher needs a little bit of extra support and then the child comes to me or to whoever. That's just a continuation of the situation, right? The, the learning is still happening. Like a very structured learning is still happening where that, that child is having a real challenge in their primary learning space and they have to go to a different spot to talk with a different person. So it's not that it's not a it's not that learning stopped and that discipline starts. Like that's not that's not productive at all. The idea is that when they're walking out of that that office and heading back to their classroom, that something productive has happened. They've they've come to a realization. They've learned a quick lesson. They've they've done something that has supported um, what they needed so that they can move on with their day, right? So it really, it's just another learning space is kind of the philosophy that I've taken on that one. Yeah, so I think that that is really powerful, that it's an extension of the the situation in the classroom if it's a disciplinary interaction, but you're giving them a tool or a strategy or help in being able to continue on with their day. I think that is really, really powerful to say. So talk about some of the things that you've done to make your office a learning space. Right, absolutely. And I also want to throw in there that um, one of the things I try to encourage my teachers is that it's not like you've tried X, Y, Z, it failed, and now now you've failed, and now you got to pass it to me. It's a team thing, right? So I'm a part of that team. I'm, I'm another, another tool that the teacher can use. And so I like this idea that it's this learning space that has, I say cons- constructive instead of negative, right? So it's not this discipline. I'm trying to have these constructive, difficult conversations or these, whatever, these positive, like, congratulations conversations. And that's just another tool in the teacher's, in the teacher's toolbox that they can use, and, and we can work together. So... If you come into my office, <laughs> here's what you'll find. I've set up a camera space. So I have a camera mounted permanently on my wall with a microphone, and it's um, lined up directly to a whiteboard. And so I use that as a communications tool um, with parents and teachers. I do a lot of videos. We're at a bilingual school, and it's nice for me to communicate bilingually, audioly. Uh, English and French is a lot easier um, than in the written form. So I will make little videos, updates for the teachers. Um, I'll make videos for parents about activities going on in the school. And I'm also working right now, haven't done one yet, but the goal right now is to do little tutorials for parents, like how to do guided reading or how to do homework or things like that. So they can go into my YouTube channel and get some of those sorts of things. So just in setting up that permanent audio and visual creation space, a little bit of a like photo booth type type thing, it makes it a lot easier for me. And then that is also extended into others. So I have teachers coming in and using it, right? So my learning space is kind of in, interesting because it's not just for kids, um, but also for teachers, right? So I have them coming in and using it, and the students' council might use it as well. So that's one. Um, I also have a whiteboard on sort of half my wall, which often is being used as my to-do list, but also is in, as a spot where I can get messages from people. People can let me know what they need to know in a different way. Sometimes emails get lost. If it's in big red letters on my whiteboard from a teacher, I know it has to happen, right? And also it allows for visuals during conversations. So I'll, my table, my little table that I have for meeting is right beside that whiteboard. So if a teacher or a student or myself 
needs to sort of create a visual representation of what they're saying, it's really easy to pick up the marker and, and go on the whiteboard. It kind of flows naturally. And you can you can draw out what happened in the schoolyard. You can show me what you mean when this person bumped into you or that sort of thing. So it's just another visual piece. And then my last thing, which is sort of the edge slam that I did, is this Lego wall. And so I did a video of the Lego wall and then sped it up times 20 because it took me about an hour to build. And um, it's new. So I built it just two days ago. And it's a little Lego wall, four feet by uh, three feet. And I've got it next to, my, next to my desk. And so when I built the thing, I built it during the day. I used uh, some construction adhesive and some duct tape to stick it on and let it cure for the day. Come the end of the day, I already had this. It already worked. And it was a really great tool for me. I was finishing it off and I was doing a little designing and I got a phone call from a teacher and there was a child who was just having a bad afternoon and they were in the hallway and they were sort of covering their head and not talking to the teacher and not looking at the teacher and not responding and just being a complete distraction and really, really having a tough go. And so they called me in, which is great. So traditionally I would go and I would, I would sort of spend some time talking to the student and bring them to my office and then we would continue the conversation and go from there. But with this tool, I was able to walk up and say, I have a Lego wall in my office. Do you want to try it? And bam, the student was up with me, <laughs> came in, no problem, sat down. I put the egg timer out. I got a little egg timer, gave him three minutes, built him a Lego wall for three minutes, and then we were having a constructive conversation. It was amazing. And like, if you do the math on that time, it was really fast. Like, you might, you might feel like, oh, the kids are going to play Lego. Well, yeah, it took me... I, I was able to recenter that child and have them focused on a productive conversation in three minutes. Good luck doing that to just talking to them in the hallway, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was, that was the sort of big, like that was the main sort of reason to have it is that refocus thing. Like you're super energetic or super high on whatever. Something has happened. Something makes you really angry. And this could give you a quick outlet. You don't have to look at me. You don't have to talk about it. You can just clear your brain for a second and then we can talk. That was sort of the main focus. I also find that some people, when you're talking to them, they just need to fidget or do something. And so I'm wondering if that might be supportive. And I've already had two teachers come in this morning. And, and while they were talking to me, they were building on the Lego wall. So, uh, so far, it's going real well. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to break down each of those things and talk a little more in depth about them. But let's start with the Lego wall. If you go back to Transformed Principle, like episode 20 or 21, somewhere around there when I interviewed Chris Weiger, I shared my strategy of having a bouncy ball in my pocket so that when I got to those kids who were dysregulated, I could start bouncing the ball back and forth with them. I got to tell you, that was incredible. It's amazing what what happens when you provide a little bit of distraction from whatever they're feeling. And, you know, I can just imagine having a kid who's struggling in a classroom and say, do you want to go build on the Lego wall? I mean, yes, please. (laughs) Like no hesitation there at all, I'm sure. So when you decided to do the Lego wall, obviously you, you had a plan to help these kids, but what are some other ways that this can be beneficial? You talked a little bit about teachers fidgeting with it when they're talking to you, but what other things do you see being beneficial from it? thing that was interesting is so i'm i'm the kind of person that i get excited by new new and different ideas um some people get sort of cautious and, and do their research i get excited and then i do my research right so i think i was um talking about lego walls in my first staff meeting here and i got a bunch of sideways glances and now three months in i'm building one so if you watch the video that i did and sped up 20 times but you'll notice there's about eight teachers that pop up and pop in and pop out of the frame like even just building it i spent an hour 
I sat down and I built it and a bunch of people came in and were talking to me and I had some actually some really good conversations, not about Lego walls, about other educational stuff. And sometimes I think people are a lot more productive in their conversations when there is something else going on, right? To stand mm -hmm. across a table, to sit down at a table and look at each other in the eye and, and talk is well, it's certainly valuable, but not always easy, Right. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to have something in between. Right. You have good conversations while you're watching a hockey game or while you're playing cards or like these are these are the sorts of things that happen. And I sort of noticed that happening while I was building it, which I hope will extend and continue with, like I say, with the fidgeting while I'm talking on, on, the, on the wall. The other thing with teachers is that modeling piece. Right. So I think modeling what we do as administrators is so important. When I send my updates to my staff. I try it. I'm gonna let's say I'm gonna provide a new type of uh, a new tool. So I'm a big fan of screencasting. I think it's really cool, and I think it works really well to deliver content. And so I'm not gonna send an email saying teachers should use screencasting. I'm gonna screen, send a screencast, right? And I got to explain in the screencast this tool and how it works and why I like it and and, and whatever. So me modeling that tool. One one for shows the tool, and the other it um, it shows that I that I value it, and I've taken some time to try it to make sure it works. The more frustrating as a teacher for so the administrator to throw a, problem, a solution at a problem that they don't know about, right? If I don't haven't tried that solution and I'm throwing it at you, it's not it's not fair. Or if I'm asking you to to uh, to use a tool that I don't have the time to use, then why do you have the time to use it, right? So that modeling thing, I've already had three teachers now ask me if they can put a Lego wall in their room. Because they saw what happened the other day, right? And it's only in two days. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So when you have these opportunities to to share these things, you know, I think the real power comes in and you being able to to model it, like you were saying. I, I really like that. In in my office, I've got uh, these little pieces of sea glass that my daughter found on the beach here, and she gave them to me when she came and had lunch with me at my office. And I just left them in there. And while we were there eating lunch, when she gave them to me. She and I started stacking them and like seeing if we could stack these pieces of sea glass on top of each other and make a little tower out of them. And that small, simple thing led to me having a piece of paper that they sit on with the question, can you stack these? And so that's on the table in my office. So when people come in, then it's an invitation. Can you stack these? And so people stack them while we're talking. And uh, what's fun is that I know they can all be stacked and I took a picture of it to prove it, but they're really hard to get there. And it took us a long time to figure it out. But that one little thing is an invitation to do something. And you talked about the invitation to start drawing on your whiteboard and, you know, you could have put your table in a different location, but you chose to put it by the whiteboard so that people could easily draw. How has that improved your communication and the learning that's happening in your office? I think that is really important. Um, taking away that ownership or giving ownership. Like I really tried not to own my office too much. You know, easy, easy things like not closing the door, but I encourage people to draw on my board. I encourage people to to build on the Lego board. You know, I was gone for I was out of the office yesterday for an hour, and then I came back and nothing had changed in my office. And I immediately went to the staffer and said, "Hey, I was gone, and no one built on my Lego wall. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, like yeah. just making sure that everybody knows they have permission." And I think um, with that, you see so much more collaboration, right? I mean, we see that we've seen that shift, or 
hopefully we've seen that shift in most classrooms where I remember it used to be the way that like the teacher held the whiteboard marker or the chalk and, and the students certainly didn't. And they were the ones who received the information, not the ones who helped create it. And that's not really the case anymore, right? You walk into a class and you see students holding the whiteboard markers and students creating the creating content and getting involved. And of course, obviously that, that empowers them and that makes the environment more rich. And if we can, and I think that's what makes a good learning space. So if my office is a learning space and it should be the same thing, I mean, sure, I have my OSRs locked. Like I'm not giving everyone the opportunity to go into my filing cabinet, but, uh, <laughs> but they can absolutely use my space, right? And to um, empower people to do that allows that collaboration piece to happen more effectively, I think. And it is a team. Like I don't, I don't know the these students as well as the teachers. It's just not possible. I get around and I, I get to know the kids as best as I can. I know all their names. I try to interact as much as I can. Um, but you know, those students are with those teachers more than they are with their parents. Like the teachers know them really well. So um, it's important to make sure that we're a cohesive team and they can come and uh, be part of the space as well. Yeah, that uh, I think that that is a really good point as well. One of the really powerful things there is is giving that ownership away just makes it so much easier for teachers to do that, like you were saying about modeling it. Um, I love that idea and think that is incredibly powerful. So I'm really glad you you shared that. One thing. Well, I mentioned uh, people writing on big red block letters. Like I, my report card system was down. Uh, internet had an issue. And somebody came and wrote in big red block letters on my whiteboard, it's down. And that didn't anger me at all because now I know. <laughs> and I was very, it was very clear. And, and I saw the problem and off I went. But I, I, as I was doing that, I was imagining how that would bother. I could imagine that bothering somebody, right? I can imagine you coming in and, and, and someone's done that to your office. You might feel frustrated or might feel like they were expressing frustration, but it was, it was really somebody needed, they needed that. They needed that report card system. It was down. They told me in a way that was very clear. I certainly had no question about it. I solved the problem. Perfect. Right? Like, there's no reason to get upset about these sorts of things, and let's encourage the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very awesome. So that was a great interview with Derek Rodenizer. I really enjoyed that, and we talked uh, a little bit about some of the things he's doing. We're going to come back next week and continue the conversation. We're going to talk about his audiovisual recording studio and, and how any principal could start doing that. So once again, I just want to say thank you for listening to the transformative principle. I really enjoyed doing this and I hope that you find it beneficial. And I know I certainly do. So thank you so much. And uh, this episode marks the uh, third year that I've been doing this and what a, uh, an exciting time to look back and see all the amazing things that I've learned. So at this point of reflection, I just want to say thank you for making this podcast a success and a powerful way for people to learn and uh, become better at what they do. So thank you. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE 
to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.